Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request. I'm your host, Justin Lamb, and this is episode 147 with my friend, Danielle Blanchard. This is, this was so cool. You guys, this is my middle school choir teacher, and she ain't your average choir teacher. Uh, she's got a long-standing relationship with the band Styx, um, you know, been on Grammy nomination ballots. She's uh, got like 2000 plus commercial jingles that uh, some of which still air today on the radio. Um, amazing stories. And I think so many stories, we actually talk mostly <laughs> stories, but that is fine because there are a lot of really good ones. And she just had a brand new album come out, if you can believe that. So she'll talk a little about that and you guys can go check that out. But before that, why don't you check this out? Here's my friend, Danielle. You and I have lots in common. My request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my friend? Oh my God. <laughs> nobody I, fucking wants to see me. <laughs> I, I have a story about that. Well, let's, so we could put it on. Yeah, let's. Uh, <laughs> we could put that on tape. Let's get things rolling, <laughs> and then. I think all my noises are turned off now. You know your way around a microphone. Yes. So and the headphones are there. Dun, 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 dun. I just want to. I, suddenly the headphones and then the mic at the table. I'm I'm, I'm seeing the. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm. Oh, you know me so well. Yes. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I, that's, that's but we were all often. so innocent and politically correct back then. <laughs> that's often, I think that is oh, referenced more than most things as people sit here and put headphones on. Everyone does that Well, because everybody gets the polite smile and yeah. the softer voice. <laughs> it's really great, yeah. Right? Yeah. And if you film us, we're all kind of making sure we're... Like... <laughs> Those are really great, yeah. <laughs> nice and easy. Oh, my goodness. Um. Yeah, I, I'm... I still, every time I think about you, I seriously, I picture you two places. Uh-oh. No, no. <laughs> um, one is at the Crow's Foot. Okay. And you were just getting engaged, I think. Yeah. And that okay. was that was when that album came out. We were playing there for was... that album. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. And then... That's 10 um, years ago. The other was... Uh, well, okay, I forgot about the uh, the state, which is now called something else, um, when you were working for the river... And I went to Summerfest and heard, uh, oh gosh, well, there were several people that night, but that was fun. And you were in the lobby and I'm like, oh my God. But no, seriously, my original thing, I picture you in the corner of my whacked out, decrepit choir room that was all dusty and old under yeah. the furnace there and under the stairs. And the corner there was where I had that piano station that everybody got their turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like way tech oh, yeah. before they even had a computer lab. <laughs> I embraced that. And we were there after school after some kind of rehearsal or voice lesson or something. And we were just talking and you were giving me an education in ska. Oh, Lord. And I was like, I was, I was like, okay, cool. I want to learn more about this because I think I can totally vibe on it. And Smash Mouth had just come out. Yeah. R.I.P. Just you passed. said, Miss B. Yes. Yeah. You said, Miss B. Um, okay, well, there's some language on here, but I, <laughs> I said, I don't care. And, um, okay, oh, this, is, this is really great, but, um, okay, this one track. Okay, I'm just going to play it for you a little bit. And it, 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 has, it has a cuss word in it. And you go, when you get to the chorus, you'll know. <laughs> so, uh -oh. fuck it, let's rock. 
There you go. It was my favorite track off that album. Good. It was brilliant. <laughs> That's so funny. I I have so many memories from that room and uh, Chad. My uh, if you remember Chad, my friend. Uh, Chad, Last name, though. Ninety. Chad oh, 90. yes. Um, he always, he will bring up and brought up at my wedding in his toast um, <laughs> be my uh, old time rock and roll cover at the talent show in seventh grade because I made records out of cardboard and threw them in the audience and <laughs> didn't think like, oh, these might hit somebody. Hit somebody. <laughs> <Yeah>. Paper cut. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, times. my gosh. I had forgotten about the throwing the stuff. Um, I forgot about old time rock and roll actually because I always thought of you as more Bob Seger. Well, what a hoot! This, so this is actually kind of perfect because this is where I normally start with how I know people. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I know you because uh, starting in sixth grade you were my oh choir my teacher, God, yeah. uh, which is wild to think about. And th- so throughout junior high, and then I just kind of like kept kept on the radar mm-hmm. for the last oh, yeah. however many years, whether it was your CD at Motor City Guitar or yeah. you came to, uh, like you just mentioned, a show or two of mine. Yeah. And, uh, or d- even during high school before all of that, yeah. you found a reason to come back. Oh, I yeah. had after school ensembles and stuff and you'd participate when you could, whatever. Yeah. Well, cause that, that, That's back when you could have voice lessons after school and they didn't think you were like making money off of them. I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, like I'm making so much money off of this. Yeah, <laughs> your crazy teacher salary. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that, to those years for me, uh, it's, a, it's a very strange thing. Generally speaking, I would say junior high was like the worst time of my life. But <laughs> uh, that said, when I think of like choir and singing and like when I think of junior high, it's your class. Uh, There's very yeah. few other things that I even like allow in my memory of that time. Wow. See, um, and you never really showed that. I mean, I always thought maybe well, you always kind of so, know kids that just this is what they live for at the moment yeah and i think i want to make sure i catch myself because i think it's naive for me to assume you remember specific things because you've had so many kids come through <laughs> yeah. your classroom but you know to the kids yeah. it's like yeah. no i was the one that was there right, um, right. but like sixth grade i the beginning of sixth grade i went to Havenwick for like two weeks and so like that set the course for my junior high Is that before you had my class because my class was only Probably. a marking period or a semester yeah. depending on how they formatted yeah it i think year. you were the second half yeah of so grade. i didn't even know um, that. well because just branch off a second uh miss moore was my math and english teacher and she told everybody that i went to a mental hospital <laughs> so, held on to that for a while um but so that's like what i came back to after a couple weeks i was like oh cool uh yeah and then it was yeah so like choir was something like you were always very encouraging and so it was like oh you're really good like i thought i was good at something at a time when i was like (laughs) i'm not gonna get at stuff so that was incredibly validating and then gave me the courage to do stuff like the talent show and everything and then singing became essentially like a foundational because <laughs> no i never i never knew well you never know that, like the effect you have on people you exuded right? confidence to me you know it's <laughs> i mean you exuded yeah. a normal yeah. at that day in age and how old you were the doubts that all kids go oh, through yeah. um so i had no idea how validating it was because you yeah. exuded confidence I, so i get that to this day um because i'm in grad school and we'll be talking about something because I'm grad school to be a therapist. So right. conversations get deep, but <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll let out that like, Oh yeah. I'm like, 
incredibly self-conscious about this, blah, 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 or something. And everyone was just be like, what? Yeah. Really confused. I'm like, oh, yeah. Come. Like, guaranteed, if you know a funny guy, there's shit going on. <laughs> oh, my God. Because that's where a sense of humor comes from. Um, yeah. <laughs> did, and now that you look back, did, did you did you ever wonder? She was so funny and upbeat and everything. I wonder if that was really her. <laughs> well, <laughs> now you that you're definitely thinking that way. <laughs> had uh, like the vibrant personality we're super passionate about music and like the cool thing the cool thing especially for a kid was like it wasn't just like this arrangement it was like i'm going to fucking sticks and i know sticks and like <laughs> i didn't say we're like, fucking sticks back then it's true there was no f word i added that um but like but i might have gone like that with the fingers yeah like but I the fact you'd come to class and you'd be like i have these pictures of me hanging out with the band and yeah. like this band that we could go buy this freaking cd of at the store and like who's this lady and <laughs> knowing you for so many years she like votes for the grammys what the heck? yeah you, how, how do you do that <laughs> you're uh your reach in into the music world mm -hmm. still is baffling and i'm excited to talk to you about it right yeah, now because yeah. <laughs> i'm like what, what? Um, yeah, we could do several sessions yeah <laughs> i will say one thing before we move on from uh our time together in clarkston middle school yeah there's a song so once in a while i'll get songs stuck in my head that we sang back then mm -hmm. and it's like what am i supposed to do like google gershwin i don't know um <laughs> yeah why not so let me know if you remember this song because this is the song i often get stuck in my head and i recently like a few weeks ago was talking to somebody about it on this podcast and i was like this song so the the words are it was called a roven yes okay i could not sing it for you because there are several so, versions of yeah. the words the, roven, the but verse yes. that i remember uh there was a maid in amsterdam mark well would i do say there was a maid in amsterdam and she was mistress of her trade i go no more a roven with you fair maid and i was like that's about <laughs> a prostitute in amsterdam oh my God. well amsterdam was always wild apparently <laughs> but i was like that's i, I so never funny. put that together and i don't think anybody did because if you think about these old like sea shanties that are right? great men's ensemble pieces they're oh, like, what God. are you guys singing about? Hilarious. <laughs> that slipped under my radar. Oh, that's, it's, well, that's it's what a goody two shoes I was. Is, is never even, yeah. I, you know, you I don't know, even I, think about it. I don't think like, anybody oh, no, no. did. But then we did all the fun stuff, like <laughs> yeah. the Charlie Brown stuff and Footloose. And yeah, it's just, yeah, it just great. Um, <laughs> Got to throw in the classical with, uh, you know, contemporary because it's all good music is good music no matter what genre i've always said yeah. that seek if you're listening into screamo find the most quality screamo you can find yeah right? well it's it's a funny thing too like when you think of like punk music mm -hmm. um my favorite i've very recently identified what i actually like in a song and it's the vocal performance mm -hmm. like it has to be unique and it has to be good um and that's why i was like oh that's why i don't like this or this or this or this or this um, there's a punk band called No Effects. Okay, I'll and have to check them out. They're terribly offensive, but they are. <laughs> their vocal harmonies are amazing, and then they have two guitars that they play harmony guitar, and it's distorted power chords. Nice. But it's they do two guitars in harmony, and so it's very frustrating as a guitar player if you're like, I'm gonna play this punk song. You're like, right. Oh, I can't because right? there's so much going well, on that's in this very sticks -esque. simple. Actually, the two-part well, harmonization on the guitar solos yeah. and, and harmonies in general. You know me. I'm going to, you know, Toto, Kansas, any band that had Toto. good, tight harmonies, yeah. I'm into it. And so when I mix stuff, I tend to mix vocally forward. And I'm, then oh, I have yeah. to ask some of my music friends, you know, okay, 
is the bass loud enough? Because a lot of times it's like, brr, they bury the vocals. Yeah. And I'm like, if you're featuring vocals and yeah. you're that good, you need to not apologize for putting them out there. Yeah. And I'm a real stickler. I, if, you, if I can tell what your words are, because I'm, I'm into the words. I pay attention to the words, yeah. right? So many people say, I never even listened. I'm, oh, just, yeah. I'm like, curiously? And there are some people that some interviewed where they said, our lyrics don't make sense. We just like the sound of how they flow. And, and here I am trying to analyze them going, that, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's uh, that's one of the reasons Counting Crows is still like one of my favorite bands because it's like the lyrics are poetry mm -hmm. and it, and the vocals are very unique. But look, <laughs> at, yes. I mean, there are lyrics sometimes are very disjointed don't make sense they were like here's a concept yeah. and i didn't necessarily finish that and then and it became a puzzle for people who are into did it mean something or was it just oh yeah a partial thought that well that's so i find a lot of comedy in that with taylor swift because mm -hmm. people you know people go nuts about reading into every single thing she puts out right but then in her like documentary something that was on netflix disney it doesn't matter um she talks about like, and I've done this with songs too, you get the melody and then you just kind of like, when you're, when you're, I don't know what mm -hmm. it's called. I'm sure there's a phrase for it, but like, if you have the melody, you're like, dickle don't bank and a dink, dink, duke. And then you like fill that with words eventually. And right. sometimes the words don't make any sense, but they fit that melody so perfectly that like, that's your chorus. And, and yeah, I can and see so that they happening. Don't necessarily. I'm a little too anal retentive to let that happen. Because <laughs> um, I'm a perfectionist, and, I try uh -huh, to, uh -huh. and I'm worried about what other people are going to think of it and stuff. So that's why this has been so long for me. I'm 62, yeah. and I finally put something out of original stuff. Well, I have stacks of unfinished lyrics, oh, yeah. and lyrics always seem to come first because you know you're a little poet and don't know it. But <laughs> even those aren't completed, right? Yeah. And then I said, okay, this is ridiculous. And I when I uh, collaborate with people I can you'll say da 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 and I'll finish the sentence for you because yeah. it just my logic was flowing but when it comes to writing it I'm overthinking everything yeah. you know I've come to understand I most likely am ADD and didn't know it yeah um, I, just, I literally brain. was diagnosed this year at 40 yeah <laughs> I, I have no doubt that I am I, yeah. I don't think I have the H because I'm always tired <laughs> <laughs> but yeah and I and I don't worry about if I am or not. Yeah. Like, why go get diagnosed? I'm not going to medicate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but I just realized, okay, I'm creative. That explains a lot of the organization to the public. But in inside, squirrel, laying awake, insomnia, the middle of the night, going, yeah. well, what if I budgeted this this way <laughs> and this and that? Oh, should I get up and do it or? Yeah. Right? No, no, just relax. And then an hour later, I'm <laughs> just yeah. get up and do it. Maybe you'll get it out of your mind. I have often thought about getting out of bed at three in the morning to write a song lyric that's like stuck in my head. Mm -hmm. But I know the second, like, that's, I think I need to come up with, like, use one of these or something. Yeah. Because the second I turn a light on, I know that I'm just going to be up for a while. <laughs> true. That's very true. My, even the light of my phone, but I agree. And I need to get a, a new tape. Uh, mechanism because the phone does disrupt me yeah. but yeah i definitely record it because i've lost some really good stuff yeah. like, oh i sang it five times in my head i'll remember it in the morning yeah. nope <laughs> oh yeah my I, my phone is filled with voice memos that are just mm -hmm. like choruses so or... this is a real feat for me to finish seven songs eight tracks one is a demo of the original that i decided um, you know what people who are into music like we are will in enjoy listening to the original and the beauty of the unplugged moment yeah. versus the arrangement which is totally 
different Polished. and cool in a yeah. in a different way. But I have a real affinity and fondness for both because they reach me in different ways. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I'm and uh, so that so seven yeah. songs finally finished. And I have a few more in the bag that I just needed help and had no budget for arrangers and things to get them to the recording in time. Yeah. I said, do I wait? No, get yeah. it out there. You could die tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Getting into a studio, like an actual studio, mm-hmm. is both the best and worst thing that's happened to me. Because best because it was amazing and worst because I'm like, why? I want to do this all the time. What do you mean it's expensive? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've like, done shit. some pretty cool stuff with my home equipment, yeah. to be honest. And um, let's see. The demo and... The polished version of a song called I Will Cover You, which started out as a poem greeting card to a f- much younger friend, pen pal, that was really struggling yeah. in another country. And I just started writing and I was going to send it to this person. And then I said, you know, some of this, this could go, this could go love songs. Sounds like a song. yeah. Right. And I said, you know, okay. So I just started um, playing with the idea and a melody started to come and i'm like that never happens for me yeah words and music do not happen together and okay. this only happened three times in my life and i said i need to lock myself in a room and follow this because it's so rare and uh, that's how that song happened and uh, suddenly i had the melody but i had no way of you know I was just struggling to get the chords under it and stuff and where should it go. And um, so then uh, my friend uh, Jim Murphy, uh, who was also a music teacher, um, and I was in a band with for forever, uh, he had a nice home studio set up that actually part of it was my equipment and part of it was his and yeah. but it was housed there so i'm like you owe me to do this <laughs> so he you know went from there and did, we did the tracks because he's got all the all the goods on pro tools LED yeah. and stuff so yeah. but it it's amazing you know take a berkeley course and he really does have a recording studio there yeah um and i'll tell you like i mean look around and what we're using and everything like yeah i i like the home recording stuff but the second I want to add drums, right? You're fucked. <laughs> well, like... yes and no because if you do all the if you do all the production work up front and you have the vision in your head, you can always add that. Just bring your tracks with you, yeah, and get that live sound. Yeah. But but you do have to kind of be good at. Tra- I can't tracking. Yeah, in I general. can't mix drums. Yeah, that it screws up my entire mix. It took me forever to try to figure out where to like put the vocals and the guitar to like level them out correctly right? like adding drums like, <laughs> but i mean if, bottom line if you have yeah. this stuff you could get a two-thirds to three-quarters of it yeah. ready to rock and roll and then hire that part of it yeah. as an expert to make sure it goes where you want it to go that's but, fair maybe I'll unfortunately you know only <laughs> one of my tracks was that way uh, another one we used a pre uh algorithmic uh, production that I did okay. and it was like kind of loops and then some yeah. stuff played and I kind of had the French horn line and the string line and and very bad equipment it was pre my Pro Tools setup even and um, so it's not the best but I put it on there because I could not afford to hire somebody yeah. to recreate that because with real French horns and real strings I'm like nope yeah. you know well, yeah. too cross prohibitive for a little you know Christian Christmas song I can't even imagine the cost involved of putting together actual like brass and string pieces yeah it's what i mean you want me to find a really good guitarist really good bassist really good drummer i can give you i can give right? you a bunch of them but 
finding like a people, French horn yeah. player. I don't know what to tell well, you. And man. I have people who, you know, could probably have done some of my stuff for free. Yeah. And, but at, at what cost studio time wise? Because if they don't have experience, you know, I did yeah. singing jingles, commercials for like 35 years straight and go in and you see the lyrics, you listen to it one time down, you come, okay, I'm going to add this harmony, then I'm going to do this. And okay, I'm going to, okay, I'm going to put the fifth down here for this because his lead is here. And boom, you know, he sings one track, the lead, I go in and I double his lead to keep him in tune and everything and make it that homogenous yeah. is it a guy or a girl sound. And then I do another 16 tracks of harmonies in like an hour to an hour and a half done, got to be done out. Yeah. Get my flat fee check, bummer. You know, there's a few. I was on a few regionals, uh, America's Best, Contacts, and stuff like that, that were over at least half of the U.S., and I never got residuals, but. That's what a lot of people are fighting for right now with WG Hansack. Right? But it's kind of um, cool to drive in another state, and all of a sudden you hear one of your car oh, dealership yeah, commercials, I bet that's and amazing. you go like, oh, I'm not home. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, or to know that you were, your voice back in the early 90s, I was on a couple uh, tracks for, you know, where they would dance and do those shows at amusement parks and stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was their backing tracks. Nice. Doing like Whitney Houston and all these, you know, that they could dance to. And there was one place in Germany called Traumland, which is Dreamland. Okay. And my voice was over there. And I was like, no way. <laughs> Just in Germany. I got paid 500 bucks, but you're using it for how many ever years? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the funny thing. Um, well, and, and now I almost feel bad. I uh, There's this girl, Talia Dalton, who did the theme song for this show oh cool because <laughs> uh, i i love her voice and i reached out to her and asked her if she wanted to do it and i i kind of wrote the lyrics and sent them to her and she recorded it and it was a flat fee right <laughs> i mean i'm not that i'm rolling in money from a podcast exactly but, yeah but if i was um you know there's things you do because you, you do? believe in it and your friends and there's things that you do that because it looks good on a resume yeah you yeah. know, let's be honest. When I taught at Oakland University for two and a half years, I was an adjunct professor. Yeah. Are you kidding me? They would put my, my class in the middle of the day so I couldn't work another job very well. And I got paid $900 a semester back in yeah, the 80s. They uh, <laughs> don't get me started. I, I've made friends with adjuncts now and yeah. like in the graduate program and found out how much they're making. Yeah. And I was like, that's what one of us pays for a semester. Right. Like you have 25 kids right. and you're getting paid what one of us paid. Yeah. And then the university's like, oh, those other 24 kids, those, we're going to keep all that money. Mm -hmm. That's fucked. So it looked good on my oh resume my for a while. <laughs> um, well, let's, yeah, let's use that to jump back in time. <laughs> yeah. Are you, you're, well, you're, you said when you got here, you're in your childhood home. So you grew yeah. up here. I'm a Waterford girl. All right. I've lived in, let's see, four different places and I'm back to the original. Well, there so you that go. would be the fifth, I guess. And then you said you, I don't, I don't know if I knew you had siblings. Yes. I suppose I'd probably find I'm that out I'm the middle child. Point. Can't you tell by my personality? <laughs> Are you, you I haven't tried a, to fix anything I crave yet. attention. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have an older sister, five years older. Okay. Uh, brother, three years older, who is in Oxford area right now. Okay. Uh, my oldest sister lives in Panama City, Florida, okay. and is just about to start getting her roof repaired from the hurricane five years ago. Oh, yeah. Limmer. That's been kind of fun. Uh, contractor <laughs> ran off with half the money and blah, 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 blah. Just fun times with these tragedies. COVID brought out some really shady contractors. I've heard, mm. like, I have so many friends that have horror stories from the last few years. Yep. 
previously like yes that reputation was there but i didn't really yeah. hear too much about it <laughs> yeah but okay and then the little sister seven years younger so can we say Big age probably gap. not planned <laughs> um but but we're happy um she's in arizona now she's yeah. been all over she was in florida she was up in the northern tip of wisconsin and then uh, down in the quad cities area and oh, yeah. now has been in arizona for i think four years already okay near, in glendale yeah I know the Quad Cities. I go there for work sometimes. Really, Moline? Yeah. 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 She had a little MLI music store Airport. there. Yeah. And That's her funny. boyfriend, um, partner, um, is a master luthier. And, uh, I don't know what that is. Oh, guitar. <laughs> oh. Builder, oh. fixer, tuner, everything. Okay. Yeah. So nice. He builds customs and stuff. Nice. Yeah. That is a lucrative business. It can be if you're in the right circle I guess, but, yeah if you get the yeah. clientele and being quad cities every once in a while he would get an emergency call from one of the bands you know we need a quick repair or whatever what do you got and yeah. because he had a guitar shop so i used to own until very recently the guy um josh ford who owns sound shop out in um a gratiot and m59 okay. macomb area is the uh producer and and helped me get the, the rest of these tracks to fruition so if i was like struggling with the chord progression he'd like strum something and go how's that sound and i would sing along with it no not it needs to go here me doing it from scratch i was struggling but the minute yeah. i heard no it goes this way it he's like oh well that's a something something card. i'm like thanks yeah. <laughs> you know that's a minor seventh exactly right? yeah. so that kind of thing so um anyway he I told him I had James Young from Sticks, the tall blonde, mm -hmm. right? I had his old guitar. Nice. Um, when he had his solo band before Sticks got back together in 96, he had a fantastic heavy rock band called the James Young Group. Well, his keyboardist had bought this old guitar. It was a 73 Gibson Gold Top Deluxe from before they were famous. So the, the case had sticks chicago ill just stencil like army stencil nice, letters yeah and you open up so you got purple fur or whatever well this fella fell upon a little time a little hard time money wise after they weren't working anymore because sticks got back together <laughs> and he's like yeah I, I i'm really a keyboardist so i need to sell this but i really want it to go to a fan well i'm on You're this like, internet fan I'm, group right? i happen to be the biggest fan <laughs> well and and so nobody was responding you know it's like too steep for me whatever and i'm like dude and i was like eh, i'm single i'm teaching I, it's, it's not gonna i can pay it off in about six months you know so so i, I nobody was doing it so i bought it nice and uh, so then when his assistant who i knew had him sign it he started to i had him sign the pick guard it's because i knew a purist might not care about it and so yeah. if I, the minute i signed the guitar it's just what year did you get that about 2000, okay. 2001, somewhere okay. around there. Yeah. And um, so anyway, she hands it to him and he starts, he picks out a, a black Sharpie and she said, uh, Danielle specifically asks for blue. And he just started giggling. So she would know that. He always signs with a blue Sharpie. Nice. <laughs> nice. That, it, but that was the cat and mouse game. He just had yeah. that little shinny grin, kind of like, let's see if I could. And she goes, ah, she asked for blue. That's funny. <laughs> She would, she would know. <laughs> your your relationship with that band. Right? It's just, but they're the nicest people. I, yeah. I, I We literally just saw them at Pine Knob yeah. at very back of the pavilion. And my mom's like, who are these? I don't want to go. I was always taking her to concerts. And and I said, trust me, when you start hearing it, you'll you'll recognize stuff. And um, she goes, Oh, yeah, I know this. Oh, I know this. So when we were talking afterwards, she goes, why weren't you playing it? I said, you know, I just fell out of the rotation. Yeah. Um, and think about it. I was the generation I had vinyl. 
when they're when you know grand illusion and all pieces of eight all those and i saw them at kobo in january of 2008 i mean 19 19- 78 sorry <laughs> and whatever like 30 and, or no yeah, concern yeah, no, no big deal um so i'm like okay um i wasn't seeing them why well, and then i thought why if i'm a big fan oh well by the time i graduated high school i'm kind of doing gigs and and so they were such a big band if they came to detroit they're going to come on a weekend so i couldn't necessarily yeah. go see them and stuff and then I've got vinyl. CDs start coming out. I can't afford every CD to replace my collection. So you just kind of aren't listening to them as often. And they were broken up anyway, right? Yeah. So when they reunited, I'm just like, all right. So anyway, the conversation with mom next thing she goes, I really did enjoy that. Yeah. So this is pre-internet, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. I called Ticketmaster. So where else is Sticks playing? Can you... Can you give me a list give of the cities? Dates, and yeah. yeah. And okay, the closest nearest one was Knoxville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And the very end of June, because this was the beginning of June, I saw. And I thought, okay, all right. Um, general admission tickets. Ooh, well, that's worth a risk. Okay. So I went ahead and I bought two tickets. And it was right before we had to be at the, uh, I was an NEA, National Education Association delegate. Okay. And that um, meeting for a week it's always near July 4th, and it was in Washington, D.C. So dummy me looks at a regular map, because, again, there was no map quest. And I'm seeing, yeah, well, that looks like it's, yeah, pretty straight line over, full day of driving. <laughs> Forgot about the mountains, yeah, right? that'll do it. <laughs> so like, we had this, it was beautiful. It was a fun time. But it was a very arduous ordeal to get where we had to go afterwards, but so wouldn't have missed it for the world. So we ended up seeing them eight times that summer. I just kept... Looking at, I bought my brother a shirt, and um, back then I wouldn't be wearing a shirt. And I'm looking at the, oh, I wonder if they go in chronological order. And I just started looking up the cities and seeing what we could do, and blah blah blah, you know. And there you go. <laughs> but this woman in Knoxville was talking to me because we were the first in line waiting to run down to the front when they let us in. Yeah. And she said, "You've got to get a modem when you get home and get online, and it's you know you get." Um, AOL or you get a local thing just figure it out you can do it and we've got this fan group that we've been together talking about stuff with some of the management and old people who used to work with them and you know before there was rumors of the uh, reunion and so it was just a cool cutting ground kind of thing but that's literally I probably got on the internet a year earlier than I normally would have just (laughs) because of that thanks sticks it's just kind of kooky that's so funny (laughs) but they got me through some real stress in the teaching thing it's like okay i'm gonna go here i'm gonna go to this and this explains the emphasis too because if they reunited in 96 that's when we that's like that was the beginning of my yeah like there's the end of my seventh beginning eighth grade year so like (laughs) yeah yeah. and i don't so you don't even probably remember it then the year before i had won the wdiv middle school teacher of the year and it was televised and the whole thing right so they used did to you... do that every year and so that was actually a really bad luck charm for me because i started being kind of um castled okay. after that okay oh <laughs> that went a different direction than i thought no it was no it was um, not it was not fun and i was so i was stressed out and i'm like yeah calgon sticks take me away <laughs> so well let's back up then because was that was teaching like the thing you you got out of high school and you're like i'm gonna go be a teacher or Music was the thing and teaching was a means to an end or how did that work out? 
Yes that start? and no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I ain't going to lie. Uh, it was not my intention out the gate. Like, oh, I've always wanted to be a teacher. Yeah. No. I thought of nothing else but music and wanted to be a performer. Um, never necessarily craved fame. Yeah. I just wanted to always be respected for the quality of my work. Um, people, why didn't you go to you know Broadway? And I just could not have lived there. Yeah, I've got students that have been on Broadway, my voice students. Yeah, and I'm like, why didn't you do it? And I'm like, because I don't want to live where you're living and how you're living and be a waitress most of the time. Yeah, um, that kind. Of, so I was very in touch with what I wanted in that respect, but um, to go for a performing degree made zero sense to me. Because it doesn't guarantee anything. Yeah. Never has, never will. Yeah. And But I said, so a teaching degree makes sense because I wanted to always teach other people, at least singing-wise. And so I, I got the degree. Well, I spent two and a half years afterwards being in a band and ended up from nightclub to corporate band, Wedding band, yeah. really, you know, because that's where the Been money there. That's yeah. where the money was. Oh, yeah. now, unfortunately, they're not paying any more than they did back in 1987. <laughs> so, um, you know, let's yeah. be real. And um, so I taught for two and a half years, one to two courses at OU, conducting and, and running a couple, a female show choir in a different group and stuff. And they were talking about expanding my duties. But then if they gave me one more course, I they'd have to pay me to let me get into benefits and things and so that never happened Did you just learn sight reading and everything when you were a kid then yes okay i'm here's the cool thing i'm very much self-taught but band i was in band uh from what they started it back in did they start sixth grade back then i think it was seventh grade but i was flute they wanted me french horn and i should have done it because i didn't know what it was back then and uh, I would have had a free instrument from the school, and oh, um, I would have been in high demand because they're so rare, right? But no, I wanted flute. So <laughs> anyway, there I am. And in ninth grade at Pierce Junior High, um, I waited till the last minute to schedule my gym credit that I had to have. Oh, yeah. So I'm in ninth I'm grade, right? <laughs> I'm seven, eight, we were seven, eight, nine back then. And um, so ninth grade, I'm at the first day of gym class, and he looks around and says, it's overcrowded. He says, anybody want to get out of here? I'm like... About four of us raised our hand, yeah. Do you have some place you want to go? Yeah. <laughs> so I walked to the choir room. Yes. And she's like, where have you been? And I'm, I was in band. I'm still in band. My, You know, it made sense. Mm -hmm. I can always sing at church and do whatever, but I had to be in band. So she's like, yes. So then I'm in her bell ringing group after school. I'm this. I'm her lead alto. I'm this. <laughs> she nice. found out I could read music and I could. I had an ear. She's <laughs> like, oh, you're an alto. I'm like, I'm really not. But it's okay. <laughs> but you had someone that would kind of took you under the wing and like recognized oh, yeah. oh, the, yeah. that you had a natural ability. Use that girl up. Yeah. So yeah. I was in everything under the moon that year. And uh, that's how I, I got there. But sight reading, I taught myself. Okay. Um, I would go to the church um, at where my mom would be decorating or doing something, and I'd get on the piano with the hymnals, and some of the more folksy ones in the 70s had um, chord symbols. So I taught myself how to build chords and how to spell mm -hmm. chords and keys. Oh, that's why key signatures. So that's why someday boom, I could have had a V8. I started teaching even my sixth graders. Yeah. If you want to know how to do this, you got to teach them why, yeah. even though they don't want to hear it. So I found a funny story about why, right? I, I got, I crossed the road and 
right between the junior high and here. And they're like, ah, oh. and I'm like, and I got hit by a car. Whoa, like totally bought it, right? And I'm like, and I was in a coma. No, when I woke up, I just kept saying, I didn't even know who I was, but I just kept saying, gee, I'm glad to be alive. Gee. And something about gee. I'm like, give me a piece of paper. Nurses came in and then I started drawing stuff I remembered and that here's the G line and that's the dumbest story, but they bought into it. So then we just talked about forget EGBDF, every good boy. Every good boy deserves If it doesn't work for your brain, it doesn't work. (laughs) Some kids, it works. That mnemonic, we assume, worked. All cars eat gas. Thank you. All cows eat grass. It's all in my head. Right? And so it worked for you. (laughs) But um, I said, if it doesn't work for you, just know that middle C is dead center. It's the line in the middle of the road that I walked across. And G, I'm glad to be alive, is the bottom line of the bass clef. There's no H in music. Go bring diamonds from Africa. Right? (laughs) So you're going to go G, A, and there's no alphabetical. And oh my God, it works. And C just happens to be in the middle. And that's why it's middle C. And it's just logical and once that logic sinks in some of the kids that were struggling and weren't studying anyway yeah. said okay i can always on a quiz at least count forward and backward duh yes that's what i've been asking you to do you do that often enough next thing you know you're doing it without thinking about it is there <laughs> it's stupid but it works and hey if it works it works um is there any aspect of this is projecting myself here but go i love um, it <laughs> the choir teacher that it's like, where have you been? And like, mm. you're going to do this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. The feeling you must have gotten from that, is there a version of you that's like somewhat been chasing that ever since? That like, you're awesome at this, the validation, that yeah. all that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, that's my version of fame. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's my version of fame. It's not necessarily about money, although I am playing the lotto again, probably unwisely, because <laughs> um, I'm not greedy. Just one mil. I could do a lot with one yeah, mil. Cause sure. Pay your taxes and you still got 500 thou. Yeah. You take out 10 grand a year. That'll take me to my 80s, 90s. I'm good. There's <laughs> there's a few people in this country that could give everyone in the country a million dollars and still be billionaires. Doesn't that piss you right off? Oh but I goodness. digress. That's yes, not the yes. direction. We but no, I, I do seek that. That's what I was saying about yeah. like the respect for what I do. And, and it's, I ain't gonna lie, it's harder and harder in this day and age to live in this day and age. Um, the arts are so not valued. Um, music is disposable to yeah. our youth and our adults now. It started with the piracy in China and the CDs. And yeah. the funny story, you t- talked about CDs. Yeah. My first CD that was self-produced after being a hired gun and singing for everybody else's projects. I've been in the first round of the Grammy ballot 13 times, sometimes on children's recordings, but finally my own produced thing. Yeah. Um, is that the jazz CD? The jazz CD. Yeah. Um I, I went into a second printing of that in 2000 and was it two? And yes, okay, my release date was actually 9 11. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, so the CD release party kind <laughs> also of. Also, happy anniversary. Had to kind recording. of wait for three weeks, yeah. right? So, um, but then the next year I went to a second printing because it, it was doing okay, getting airplay over in Europe, way more than it would ever get any airplay at i got a few college stations and stuff yeah, but yeah. no major stations um even det that supposedly always oh, support our local artists they totally ignored it so anyway um i get that delivered and a week later itunes comes out can you say instant paperweights yeah so i passed a lot out as kind of business cards yeah. and luckily i did get downloads um not 
you know, you don't make yeah. money off of Well, even now, like, I don't know how that business even works now. Not very many people, I'm told, are downloading even. Well, um, everybody streams everything. Stream. And, and I can't stand that, personally, because I want to control what I'm listening to. I want to load up my own album from my phone and press play and oh yeah. i'm tired okay i don't want to listen to the whole thing and i go to the next thing or yeah. i put it on my own we can still do that with streaming now because you don't have to buy the album you can essentially like we're gonna hold this in our hard drive so you don't have oh, to put yeah, it oh yeah that's right because so then have... you can still play whatever you want yeah but then like i do have prime artist, music or whatever but... how does that nothing they get nothing you have to sell like i have stuff on there i get i get a penny every like 10 streams right um taylor swift hit was like no well, put her foot down you cannot yeah, stream my music and i'm like more people needed to do that she's also like a financial genius when it comes to mm -hmm. the music like marketing herself and everything it's mm -hmm. insane um, and people who were like grassrooters like like me uh, i liked her early stuff i don't like yeah. the newer stuff so which is I funny i i didn't like her until like red came out so really <laughs> exact opposite wow um, but like marketing wise it's it's ridiculous like yeah Oh, here, this, I'm releasing this pre-order for this blue colored vinyl for 48 hours and everyone buys it. And then after 48 hours, well, now there's going to be this tan color and you have but to But you see, you and I could oh, never do that nuts. because we don't have well, yeah. those people who are like naming themselves after us. The, but it also feels, at that point, feels a little bit like you're being taken advantage of. Like, it's like, I know you're going to buy this, so I'm going to do like, yeah, I'm going to make branded but they that they don't get offended. Clippers. They think she no. cares about this. She's so yeah. good to her fans. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, so I need Which, I need and me I don't some. Want, I don't want Swifties coming after me. Right. So I'll no, say. no, no. It's all it's all good. But it is it's what you allow yourself to buy into. So I need some Blanches. Yeah, there you go. That's what we'll call <laughs> them, Blanches. Um, so you get into teaching by default. I, I'm not sure I would call it that, but it. I had enough years of, you know, sowing the wild performing seed for a while to say, you know what, if this isn't going to go big, yeah. what am I doing for the rest of my life? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I'm. What age do you have that realization? Oh, golly. Because I, 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 I know was, that realization well. <laughs> I knew it was coming within three years after graduating college. Okay. I graduated yeah. uh, with my uh, undergrad in 2000. I mean, I keep saying it. 1983. <laughs> And I was divorced by 1987. I got married in my senior year of college. Oh, wow. So after five years and of that, I was like, okay, I was always the supporter and the worker, but now I'm self-sufficient too. Um, and it just makes you think, okay, long range, what are my options? What yeah. am I going to do? So there went, and here's the thing, I don't feel guilty about falling back on teaching because it really wasn't that when i graduated there were no teaching jobs available in my area yeah. it was one of those down that's, you know and I and they certainly weren't hiring elective <laughs> teachers yeah okay oh, well, yeah elective teachers get screwed on their schedule they're the number of preps they can stuff you with i've had as many as five different subjects taught during one day because they can do that to an elective teacher, right? Yeah. So they stuck me in journalism, which I, hey, the joke's on you guys. If you're trying to stress me out, go for it, because I enjoy all my subjects. I enjoyed teaching journalism. Yeah, It was exhausting living after school and doing the plays and the variety shows and the choir concerts and all that. You know, it burnt me out, but That's I lived right. at that school for my first 12 years of my career. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I, there was just nothing out there. So then all of a sudden I heard about a part-time job. In 88, 
the summer of 88. And I said, yeah, I've got nothing to lose. I'll go for it because maybe I'll keep teaching at OU or if they can work the schedules out and um, work at the grocery store, work at the band at night and then whatever, you know. So I said, that could actually work out nicely for me. And I was being very optimistic. So I went and I ended up, I was at Sashaba for um, my first year, half time, just just over half time, enough that I could buy into my um, medical. And I met Julie Matthews over there, right? So we became really good friends. Went to Hawaii to visit my sister in the Air Force and took another year and a half to pay for that. (laughs) I had no money. I mean, seriously, I hired in. I made $14,000 my first year. Yeah. You can't live on that, right? So, but it was all good. And then the next year, I got moved over to Clarkson Junior High and the rest was history. And I ended up half time at Sashabaugh and Clarkson Junior High during my last few years of teaching as they moved stuff around. And I even got moved over to the high school part of the day. And that was very cool in some ways, but very stressful in other ways because of the dynamic, right? It's just, you know, it's odd. Um, But it's so funny because I all the whole time I would have these after school groups that would record some amazing six-part harmonies during Glee and at the height of their, we were doing these absurd harmonies. Uh, We did a jazz piece by The Real Group from Sweden check them out okay. they're like tight and this particular one wasn't really jazz it was called bumblebee and it had these harmonies that were so tight in like half steps that it kind of sounded like the buzzing of a bee and um it was a group of like eight girls i think that did this treble club for a while and they we recorded it because we had the all that whole piano lab with garage band and oh, yeah. so we would just record the mics weren't great but we did some amazing stuff and documented what we did. That was at the high school? No, was it? That oh, was that it. But the... some of the high schoolers would ride the bus down when they would okay. pick up and they would hop off the bus nice. and they would be a part of my club, even though they weren't in the junior high anymore because they wanted to do that music so bad. Yeah. It was just fun. a thrill. So, yeah, that was all up until the, the day I left. We were doing after school groups like that. What When does your like your job responsibility change from like majority music to like now you're doing some computer stuff and now like it starts <laughs> you're a little dickens um that was completely political <laughs> okay um that was completely political because that well that like for me that was a sign that was like oh here's art stuff going away um, it was a little bit of that but it was an awful lot of politics okay yeah i had <laughs> i had a i had a principal who used to be a music teacher and she had a different way of doing things. And they were rescheduling how they were going to impart the sixth grade music situation. Got it. And it was not good. And I stood my ground and said, this is, this is absolutely awful for kids, in my opinion. And I said, it's really pretty awful for the teacher, too. And I'd rather do anything but to do that. What would you rather do? <laughs> yeah. We can arrange that. (laughs) I'm like, right, right. That attitude was like, what would you rather do? And I'm like, "Uh, I don't know. I'm pretty good with computers. You know, I was just really. I got AOL early. I was kind of like, I was kind of like, you know, sticking it back to her going like, are you really asking me that question? How rude, right? So I said, well, I'm pretty good with computers. Next thing I know, two days later, she calls me in her office and says, were you serious? I said, are you serious about changing this? Yeah, it's happening. I said, well, I guess I'm serious then. I don't know. I'm still calling her bluff because I'm like, what is your point? And so she thinks she's calling my bluff. So she sticks me in um, computers as the same kind of elective situation where we were supposed to coordinate lesson plans. And you know teachers aren't going to cooperate with me on lesson plans. (laughs) 
and I'm supposed to teach them how to run all these different softwares through a lesson plan. So I'm giving them ideas for lesson plans. This will do so cool. Let's do this. No, yeah. I'll just bring my kids and you teach them what you got to do. Give them their project and we walk out. I'm like, okay. But I still said, okay, what unit are you teaching right now? Okay, geography. Okay. So, and I would still come up with things that were germane to their topic at least because yeah, they're yeah. giving up their classroom time. But I still, again, toss me where you want to. I'm going to land on my feet and I'm going to do a damn good job because that's who I am. Yeah. Um, it's not where I wanted to be in my heart, yeah. but then after what is it, two years of that, she pulls me back in my in her office. I got some good news and some bad news. Which did you want to hear first? I said, hmm, "Give me the bad news." You're going back to. I said, "Why is that bad news? You know that's what I love." Well, and so here's the good news: you don't have to do. They're letting me go back to the choir, but you don't have to deal with the sixth grade anymore. Well, I didn't realize that they weren't giving any sixth grade general music to the sixth graders anymore she cut budget by doing that and there you go later <laughs> on in the year the parents found out that one school had it and the other didn't and then it got fixed eventually <laughs> right, but yeah though. yeah it was i never chose to um, yeah, yeah. That. Okay. and um and it was a it was a budgetary cutback but not necessarily district-wide yeah kind of i thing. remember having that conversation with you I guess it would have been one of the times I like went back to the school or something, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, which is so funny. Uh, just Yeah, just had that flash memory. <laughs> well, this, I remember that one time, I think when you used to visit me, we were still at the old junior high building. Yeah, and the, the she, asbestos building. <laughs> yes, and she she came in as we were moving over. Okay. So this hadn't happened yet. Okay. But yeah, but there were plenty of politics through the years, that's for sure. Uh, elective teachers just get it in the neck. Yeah, yeah. well, there you go. There you go, people. Go get a teaching career. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so in the background of all this, you did, was the jazz album the first album like that you did? like? It was completely self-produced and yeah. my responsibility. Yeah, it wasn't for okay. somebody else. Um, I had done a major um, project. Uh, it was called The Rosary Tapes. Okay. And it was three different albums through the cycles of the glorious misters the whatever you know i'm not catholic but you know yeah. and it was an intriguing cool project though and that was in uh the grammy ballot for before um before that but it i didn't produce it yeah. i just major singing on it and um but that's came up with the harmony fun thing to put on stuff. your resume yeah, yeah. That, you know i i did kind of the harmony arrangements and stuff you know yeah but how, uh, how did you end up getting into that professional area of music where like you can even do commercials. Yeah. Yeah. The jingles that like having your name, even in the Grammy nominee, right. like the ballots, like, okay. Well, that was through, uh, Gene and Andre Greer. Okay. Um, that was, uh, kind of therefore I, we did a lot of publisher demos. So the choir church choir and school choir music that came out every year, Yeah. we would record, the demos they really wanted to put promotion behind and they would send out cassettes back then um <laughs> to choir directors to listen to and decide which songs they wanted to purchase with that's their budget. How that works right? okay so we're in the recording <laughs> studio and there's four of us sometimes five and we'd sing it down and i would do soprano then i would do second soprano then i might cover alto so that we had this more of a choir sound when yeah, it was yeah. really just four people yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then again, um, we're at the studio and the owner of the studio at the time was, you know, observing me. And I mean, we were all like really good. Right. But he's like, oh, she's doing high notes and low notes. And oh, OK. So he pulled me aside. Hey, have you ever wanted to like 
do commercials? I'm like, yes, I've been trying to break in, but I can't get, you know, into a union or the uh, agency work. And he says, well, we do some of that stuff here. And I said, great. Now what? You know, he says, well, come by Tuesday night. We'll give it a try. No guarantees. He gives me something to sing. He says, listen to it twice. Come up with some harmony ideas, jot down words. He didn't have lyrics printed for me. It was just like very haphazard. And so I'm jotting stuff down. And I go and I sing it, and um, we did ended up doing two, and he's ne- he never worked with anybody ever since, and that was back in nineteen like eighty four, nice. yeah, and um, we I lost count at well over two thousand commercials, and um, but my very first one was um, oh can I think of it oh it's leaving me, it was Maddox Chevrolet <laughs> down on Telegraph, and I'm trying to remember the melody of that one. But the the my, the one that's really memorable in the same week that we did that was, have a Morley day, the Morley oh. candy maker's way. You know, right? Yeah. You see these little elves at Christmas time and Easter. Yeah, I used to pass that. My uncle lives out in New Baltimore, and we right? pass that every time on the way to his house. Being like, ooh, a chocolate factory. And now it just says <laughs> Sanders because they bought them out. But yeah, <laughs> crazy stuff. And, uh, but then people are like, oh. You know, give me. I said, well, half the time I sound like a guy, and so then now people aren't old enough to remember. There's a dealer, yeah, that you should know. Long Hammer Chevrolet, Geo. You know that little raspy voice. That was me and John Geyer, the man who owned the company. That he would go around to the clients and sell the jingle concept, and then we'd come back and record it and deliver it and. He did all the traveling to go talk to people. So we kind of usurped the agencies. We were not yeah. hired through an agency. So radio stations, but you, guys you have like some saw background this in market, that. Yeah, this yeah. market that's just like the untapped market. Like there's the businesses that are like too small to go to an agency, but also like big enough to where they could use advertisement. And you guys right. were like, all right, we're going to. And this so is the radio guys. Market. Love hated us. The ones that didn't have a vision hated us. They, they saw us as competition. I'm like, no, if we we get the jingle to these people, and like you said, they're not big time, but now they have something to draw attention, yeah. they're going to book more, run with you. They're going to play it more because yeah, yeah. it's worth playing. Um, so, yeah, it was interesting. But there's a few uh, that are still on the air. I haven't had any because, you know, he's up in age now, too. And yeah. uh, it's just harder to keep that all going. So we're I'm basically retired from that unless I can find agency work. Um, but there's still some on the air. Like I was up north with uh, Julie Matthews visiting her. Yeah. Oh, what's the one that under, they do the crawl spaces and stuff? 877 yeah, dry, dry mish, right? Yeah, yeah. So they just they, we had a whole jingle. With narration and everything, but now they only use the tag, yeah. but it's still out there, right? And I just, the American Metal Roofs is playing again. So it'll go through cycles and then they quit using it and then they'll bring it back. And so most fun. of the time they're just using the tag now. But um, if only could have got on that Empire carpet. Right. Oh, we need something for <laughs> 800, them. 5882300. <them. 588 laughs> you well, know what sucks hey, though? It's like one... some of these businesses change their phone number <laughs> right? and their jingle. It's like, no, you have, I wonder if you lose business because, like, I'm calling the old number because right? it's stuck in my head. We did that. have a couple of clients that called us back five years, six years after we did. We have a new campaign. We now expand and we do this, so we need yeah, you yeah. to change this tagline or this. And so we would <laughs> take the original bed, and yeah. save the hard dr- the hard drive, and just bleep in that line and use the same voice tone. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So but funny. another phone number one, which of course now they're defunct, so it came off the air. But was it was like. 
800-333-ROCK. Oh. Right? And they're like, well, you're, that's a guy. He said, well, half the time it was a guy. And then I would double him to keep everything straight in tune and that homogenous, is it a guy or a girl sound? <laughs> and then I did all the harmonies. So he'd so do like funny. one track, I'd do like 16. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But it, it, was, it was fun. But, yeah. you know, sometimes I would literally leave school, haul it down, uh, telegraph, um, in traffic, whatever, sing a few jingles, come back, 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night, fall into bed, get up and do the next day. You know? It's such a funny <laughs> thing to like have these two things to like pull from as far as like day-to-day life experiences. Mm-hmm. We're like teaching middle schoolers and then like <laughs> yeah. singing commercial jingles. Right. Um, and then our nightclub here in, and there. Yeah, and then enter in all that stuff. I just couldn't do the hours anymore. But then yeah. uh, that entire time up until 2002, I was co-directing, um, Gene and Audrey's Vocal Arts Academy, which was in residence at Oakland University most of that time. So I was giving up my Saturdays, or at least yeah. the first half of my Saturdays, every Saturday of the school year. That's wild. So I've never worked less than 60 to 70 hours a week since I was 18. So that's, you know, when it came time, it was like, oh, my body, after my mom died and stuff, I was just like, you know, ratchet yeah. it down. My body kind of made that decision for me. You're just going to collapse. And uh, so I, you know, I took it a little bit more easy. And then recently, finances, et cetera, I'm back to work. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, as I say, when did you I have stop a car payment. teaching? <laughs> 2015. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had then... 30, 31 or 32 years of credit. Wow. Yeah. And you got in when they still had pensions, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so. Right. Thank God. Thank God. I just heard people talking about that in school yesterday. They were talking about, uh, like, there's a guy who's... I think he's almost 60 and he's getting his master's in, in counseling. I was like, all right, sure. Um, yeah. But he, he works at a school and he got grandfathered into the pension because he was at school before. And then oh, like, yeah. he just came back and they're like, Oh, your grandfather in the old system. Yep. You don't have a 401k or anything. And he's like, thank God. <laughs> well, I tell you what um, it has been a blessing, but it's also a hard earned blessing because the, what they took out of our paycheck was a lot yeah. to, to make it, good yeah so i don't regret it because a lot of us would have squandered it if they didn't take it out but people in the public don't realize that they just think that you know you're spoiled i'm like no we paid for that yeah an extra eight percent came out you know like um the mandatory savings i always say right um and the cadillac health plan they're always talking about it's not it's i have a pretty i have a pretty high deductible it's an old cadillac (laughs) it's a pink cadillac it needs it needs some work (laughs) and it Um, sat out in aretha's yard for 20 years okay (laughs) um music ona make sure we talk as much about the album before we're done here oh yeah that so you recorded these seven songs we started talking about at the beginning. Good memory. Um, and that's coming out, well, we're recording this like a month before it comes out. Yes. The um, official release date is October 16th, and I did that um, because it's my boyfriend's birthday, and I thought that'd be cute. Aww. <laughs> um, but I needed to sandwich the time, and I needed to give myself time to pre-order promote it, to try to, let's be honest, as we were talking about expenses, to recoup some of the expenses. Yeah, because yeah. once it comes out... Once that release date comes out through disc makers and they send it out through CD Baby to all the major streamers and stuff, yeah. there's there's not going to be a penny coming into me. You yeah. know, let's be real. 
And it is part, it's just a societal thing. It's just, um, that system is not going to change in my lifetime probably. So it's, I just did, it it was a vanity project. No, it was a soul project. I had to do this to prove it to myself and finally say, I know it's in me somehow, somewhere. I might not be the best songwriter, but I'm doing it. And uh, so I'm glad to say it, you know, I have more that I would have loved to put on if there was more time, but I finally had to say, no, if you keep waiting, you're never going to get it done. So put it out now. You can always release individual tracks as you want to do it, but have this cute little project and it's got my own painting on the cover because their artwork costs um, $600 (laughs) now if you have them do your artwork for you. Back when I first did the jazz one, it wasn't nearly that so i said no nope, i gotta i gotta cut the bleeding and uh yeah. come up with my own art so i just did a painting and it's just kind of me in a field and there's these uh fireflies which are very special to me um off in the distance and it's kind of like i'm going toward them this these mysterious little what are these and that's the muse what is it it's because yeah. you got to keep chasing it so you know me i'm the... metal smith i make jewel everything i do is about creativity self-expression yeah. that kind of thing and it's all circling around this ADHD that I think probably we might share in common. <laughs> probably, um, yeah. I mean, if you look around, I, I have the the many hobbies and projects. Yeah, are very relatable. And I and I go through a certain phase where I'm like, um, yeah, let's concentrate on this for a little while. You might call it hyperfocus. I'm, I'm yeah. learning that word, um, or it Same. might just be um, my budget says I'm going. Like right now, I'm not doing very much metalsmithing because nobody buys it. Again, nobody appreciates that yeah. enough to you know, pay for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I love, I cherish shaking the hand of the person who created it and just like, ah, I had this story. I had, you know, I'm, I met sticks. I snuck backstage. <laughs> I did. I confess. We snuck backstage. I took my mom with me. I figured she was safe and they would know I wasn't a nut if I took my mom with me. So, um, it was, it was magical because their security wasn't the best the first year out. They were just so excited to be back on the road. Yeah. <laughs> and they were excited to see the fans. So it was it was magical. We'll never have that back. But they were always kind of like that until COVID. And then now nobody does meet and greets the same way ever. Yeah. There was a... God, that's, that's been weird. Because I started going to like Comic-Cons and stuff. Right. Um, and I think it was last year. William Shatner was at one. Oh. And he was... Like in a full plexiglass thing, and like you can meet him, quote unquote, that way. I was like, but that isn't that so William like, Shatner like though? What? Yeah, that's funny. In plexiglass, <laughs> it's like your own Barbie doll. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Get your own little Captain Kirk action Don't figure. Don't lose the box; it won't be worth as much. <laughs> that's really funny. Oh, that is so cool. Um, so album comes out October sixteenth. Mm-hmm. I'm and- hoping to do a couple local. Uh, I don't know if you even call them mini concerts where I just literally, at this point, I'm being honest, budget-wise, I probably have to play, sing to my own tracks, <laughs> karaoke style, um, do a few songs. and well, unplugged and, piano versions. Right. Yeah. Um, there's a really cool open mic at Billy's Tipping In out in White Lake. Oh, is I might kind of try to do it on a Tuesday night with and have some of their band learn this, a couple songs in advance and Is that play the night they do that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Tuesday I've nights, yeah. i for open mics. Oh, my God. It's so fun. You'll love it. I know that place. It's I've very, never been it's there. It's very loud and raucous, and they have a very faithful following. So, yeah. Nice. So that'd be that'd be. We could throw down a little duet or something. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, so I'm looking for that. But I'm I'm being real. Um, yeah, most for of sure. the copies that have sold, honestly, um, people who used to know me, some former students, some six fans that I've met along the road, yeah. stuff like that. Um, but 
so there I have to ship them out to them anyway. So the local people who need to pick them up is not does not necessitate me having an event, yeah. a CD release party, but yeah. I want to do it just to do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. Well, keep me updated on that. Yeah, shall and do. Everybody can go search for you and and Yeah. I wanted to do it right buy, the week of the the release. Yeah. But as I'm looking at the calendar, it's like, okay, I got to work that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm already booked. Uh oh, here's Halloween. I'm like, nah, I'm mean, not going to pay attention to it that night. So it's probably going to end up being in November before I can actually do it and say, okay. "Hey, y'all drop in this night. Let's do it." Yeah. But it's like you said, you're just it's going to be there like forever in perpetuity. Yeah. So, um, so head over to good. danielsings.com. And if you're curious, go there. <laughs> yeah. But actually, seriously, if so they if order one, I've had a couple of people say, I don't buy. want the hard CD. I've got yeah. no need for that. How do I get the tracks? I said, well, you can, of course, go to a download. But if you order it now, yeah. I literally send you a link to the MP3s. You download your own. And that way, we're yeah. all happy. Yeah. And you could just Which, put, do put that in the anywhere. note, I don't need you to Support ship the Support local artists. Correct. Yes. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I still like having a hard I do, copy. too. I'm, I still I'm open my albums. Person. Funny, after I leave this interview, yeah, yeah. I'm going to pick up the boyfriend, and we are going to buy a 78, um, I don't know if it's a Victrola or what brand it is, okay. but it's a 1915 beautiful-looking cabinet in wonderful shape. And we're going to buy that. When I leave, we're going to try to... I'm like, if I could get so my two CDs put on a 78, oh, I would croak. That'd be so cool. <laughs> you need to sit down with Jack White. I'm, I'm, third thinking, record. I'm thinking of writing them and say, how much, man? It might be I a found vanity out, project. So my, I, I, I would love to be a fly on the wall for you and my father-in-law to swap stories. Cool. He, he went to state and like lived in East Lansing for like way too long. Like just like I'm just gonna crash here, but so he worked at a bar where all the bands that went from Chicago to Detroit they would end up like playing this bar in East Lansing. Which bar? Uh, I would have to find out. I yeah, because there's a chance I might have been there. <laughs> I probably have been to that bar um, when my sister used because she's five years older. She would take me around, and my mom just unilateral she one day she said my god the things i let you do <laughs> I, oh my god i was an awful parent and, and she's like but you know i trusted you you were so mature for your age i yeah. never thought i wasn't thinking about the other nutcases out there that could have hurt you yeah. i just knew i could trust you so we're going out to i'm going you too young to remember the in between which is now um the the baseball place on the corner of elizabeth lake road and m59 they have the two-tier Patio. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Used to be Stan's dugout and then it's something else. But anyway, uh, yeah, it used to be called the In Between way back when. It had black and white, very mod, 70s wallpaper and orange lake drive up. Uh, all these great groups would play there some jazz, some fusion, some whatever. And that whole era, yeah. you know, we I, I'm like 15, 14, and my sister's just barely old enough to get in herself. And she's yeah. taking me with her because I always looked older than I was. Now I look younger than I am, so that's cool. But uh, there are many times they thought I was older than her. And so, yeah, they're offering me drinks, and I was a good girl. And I'm like, no. I, I, they thought I worked at the hospital with my sister. So they go, oh, you got to work later? Mm-hmm. So I order orange juice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I got to hear a lot of great stuff. and I'm sure, yeah. So, yeah, so she took me to the state campus a few times and some groups that uh, she liked. There was one called Flywheel, and they played like kind of – Kansas, Emerson Lake, and Palmer. I mean, progressive kind of rock of the yeah. era. It was very, very good stuff. But 
I bet it's one of those bars that you're talking about. Yeah. I'm going to find out and I'll text it to you. <laughs> you should. Um, well, I'm good. And uh, you'll Very have cool. to come back, though, so we can dive further down the rabbit hole. Absolutely. Anything. <laughs> just you know, list list the topic and spin. I'm, I keep staring at He's got this really cool poster with all these colors on this like, oh, wheel. Oh, the feelings and wheel. It is, but it's kind of like roulette. And it's kind of yeah. like... <laughs> And I keep thinking, spin it. Yeah, that's and a fun way. Whatever it lands on, we have to like, we have to talk about. It's oh like... man, it's fine. Well, I'm gonna take these off. Okay, me too. But thank you. Um... You and I have lots in common. My request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my friend? All right, you just listened to my interview with Danielle Blanchard. Wasn't that fun? Wasn't it like, it's, it's just crazy to me. You know, you never know what your teachers are doing, right? <laughs> like how she, she was talking about going from school to the recording studio and cut some commercials and then go back home and wake up and do it all over again. Um, just wild. And the fact that uh, she's still doing it. You know, music is such a, an important role in her life that something she is still pursuing. And we were talking about open mics and stuff. Hopefully we can get together on one of those. I was just thrilled with this entire experience. And uh, we barely even got into like her life as, as I would normally do in the podcast, right? Like the chronological timeline. But uh, maybe we'll have an episode two with with. Miss Blanchard. I keep wanting to call her Miss Blanchard. It's very difficult for me to call her by her first name. Uh, but I really enjoyed that. I have three interviews I'm doing this week that I'm also super excited about. And like she mentioned, go check out her new album. It is out as of last week. So um, wherever you get music, but you know, go to her website if you want to actually support the artist. You know what I mean? And that's all I got, guys. I'm going to talk to you next week, but I love you so much. Oh, my God. October's almost over. <gasps> Spooky. Okay. <laughs> that's all. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Help. Friend Request is recorded, produced, edited, and everything else by Justin Lamb. The theme song is by Talia Dalton. Go check her out. But everything else is me. Bye. Okay, bye.